Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that as we begin a new week, Lord, that you would open their ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them in this podcast. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverbs 17, beginning in verse 1. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. An evildoer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. An evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs, rather than a fool in his folly. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit 
dries the bones. A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her who bore him. Also to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Friends, today I'm going to mention verse 6. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. And friends, for you joining me for the first time, or you've only been on a couple times, I have mentioned this on a number of occasions, but I actually tape these recordings two weeks in advance. So even though this is going to publish and you are going to listen to this on the 17th of July, it is actually the 3rd of July today. And it's like a holiday. We have all four of our grandkids today. Um, My wife's daughter called this morning and said that the daycare is closed. And they had every intention to bring the two younger grandkids to, uh, to the daycare. And they got there, and it was closed. So we um, found out, and we gladly accepted the responsibility of having all four kids today. And it is such a blessing. When I think of this, children's children are the crown of old men. Well, first of all, I'm not going to ever say that I'm old. I am a little bit older than many of you probably listening today. But I'm not old. And actually, I believe being old is a state of mind. I don't know that I will ever consider myself to be old. But anyway, and I absolutely love the grandchildren. I like the opportunity that we have to share with them, to spend time with them, to invest into their lives, to get to know each and every one of them on an individual basis. And one thing I definitely learn is that grandkids are unique. Every single one of them is different, just like our fingerprints. And you can, you, you need to treat each kid differently. You know, if you're going to, um, you know, I'm not going to say discipline, but if you're going to teach them, you need to find out what their personalities are like and the best way to instruct them. And I often talk about instructing our kids and grandkids, and we need to know what type of learner they are and how they learn best. Today we're going to continue our study on Matthew, and we have been on the Gospel of Matthew for probably about two months now. And I started chapter 26 on Thursday's podcast, 
I'm going to go over three passages today from chapter 26, but I still believe I am going to spend Wednesday and Thursday's podcast this week solely on chapter 26. There's so much. Now, this is when Jesus, this is the last week that Jesus is actually alive, and we are actually beginning the Feast of Unleavened Bread this week. So, on Thursday's podcast, we went over Palm Sunday and Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and today we're going to make plans on the Feast of Unleavened Bread which occurs on the same day as the Passover in the Jewish tradition. So today we are going to be reading verses 17 through 25, beginning in chapter 26. Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you? to eat the Passover. And he said, Go into the city to a certain man, and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come. He sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Now I have mentioned on a number of occasions, Jesus came to earth and he set aside the fact that he was literally God himself but he became as a man. So he operated on the earth as a man. So basically anything that Jesus did on earth, we are able to do. The Bible tells us that even greater things than he did, we are able to do. So we are always to be aware of the red letters in the Bible, because these are the literal words that Jesus actually gave to his disciples. Now, he knows his time is near. He knows he's going to be leaving. He's already told his disciples four times that his time has come, and he's going to be betrayed, and he's going to be taken into the hand of the Romans. So here, what I wanted to point out is that even though he was fully man, he still had giftings of God, and he still was fully God, even though he didn't do things as God did things. So he has a word of knowledge here, and the word of knowledge he gets is that one of you is going to betray me. And this is going to be my call to action, but I will talk about this in just a moment. And they were exceedingly sorrowful 
And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Now we know on Thursday's podcast, and you've heard over a period of years, I'm sure, that Judas Iscariot is the one who betrayed Jesus. But Judas eventually would go and hang himself But Jesus basically is prophesying, things are not going to go well for you, Judas, because you have done this. So I don't know what caused Judas to go and hang himself. It may have been this prophecy. It may have just been to the fact that he just couldn't live with himself because he had actually betrayed Jesus, whom I believe he truly loved. But it says, it would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it. And I really want to emphasize these four words, because this story is also found in Mark's Gospel and Luke's Gospel, but neither one of those Gospels make any reference that Judas is the man. They don't say that. The only reference to that is found in this Gospel, and I truly believe that has a lot to do with the audience of who the Gospel writers were writing to. And I have mentioned this on a number of occasions throughout this study that Matthew was writing strictly to the Jewish people. The next passage of Scripture is Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. And I think this is also very fascinating because here Jesus is setting an example for what he wants his disciples to do once his time has come and he is no longer with them. So he is setting an example of the Lord's Supper, and he is instituting this. So we're going to read beginning in verse 26. And as they began eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take Eat, this is my body. And here he's making reference that this is indicative of his body. He is the sacrificial lamb. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And this goes back to the old covenant law, which states that there is no forgiveness or remission of sins without blood. 
So in the Old Testament, there had to be a sacrifice, and it was usually a lamb without blemish, and it was indicative of temporarily forgiving the people of their sins. But when Jesus came, he was the sacrifice once for all time. It tells us that in the book of Hebrew. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And here I believe Jesus is prophesying that one day we will all be together with him in heaven and we will share the bread over and over and over again. And we will have communion with Jesus himself. And I'm going to close this podcast with Jesus predicting Peter's denial. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now many of you know that Peter did indeed deny Jesus. He, he, you know, basically, but Jesus is saying here, all of you are going to let go of me. All of you are going to run and hide and deny me. And that is a prophecy that was given in the Old Testament, specifically found in the book of Zechariah, chapter 13, verse 7. And it's also made reference of in Psalm 118. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And the reason why I believe he said this is that he thought that maybe all of the disciples, and they were all from Galilee, might go back to their hometown once he was gone. I know he had the desire and he had asked them to go in to all the world. And I think he knew that they weren't going to do that, but he said, I'll make it easy for you. When I'm gone, you guys are probably going to be suffering a little bit. You may want to go back to your families, to your homes that you were used to going to. And I believe he was prophesying that it would be better for them to totally be out of Jerusalem. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, and listen to these words in red, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all his disciples. And friends, we've all been in situations like this where someone says something to us and we go, no, 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 that'll never happen. We won't do that. We won't do that. 
And I believe all of the disciples, I believe they all meant well. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, all the disciples loved Jesus. They loved him dearly. They had learned so much from him. And they were miserable that he was actually going to be leaving. And I believe they were fearful because they didn't quite know what was going to happen when he left. But friends, my call to action is very simple. I would like to have you close your eyes. And I've been doing this quite a few times in Matthew's Gospel because what I'd like for you to do is visualize that you were actually there. I want you to picture yourself in this room with Jesus enjoying the Last Supper. And you are enjoying a meal and He is sitting there instituting the Lord's Supper And he's telling everybody, one of you is going to betray me. And I want you to picture you were there. And I want you to picture that you are the one that is Judas sitting at this table. What are you thinking inside you? And I want you to think that you're not Judas, but you're questioning. You're not sure. You don't think you're going to betray Jesus, but none of them thought that they were going to be scattered like a shepherd. But immediately, and we're going to find this out in Wednesday's podcast, stay tuned. So please rejoin me on Wednesday. Anyway, the suggested scripture reading, please reread today's proverb in its entirety. Proverbs 17 is a wonderful proverb, lots of good verses in it. And also read chapter 26 of Matthew. Friends, tomorrow is Testimony Day, and I would ask that you join me. I will have a special guest on, but I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening and you have never taken that step, I invite you to repeat a simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to earth. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to come to earth and die on a cross for all of the sins of all time for everyone listening to this podcast today. Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need your help. I ask that you come into my heart. I invite you in. I'd like for you to take over my life. I submit and surrender my life to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you repeated that prayer, reach out to me on my new webpage, wisdomtodaybk.com. If you would, go on there, select the contact tab, write your name down, let me know you said that prayer, or if you have any questions about anything you heard on today's podcast. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow with a special guest as we further explore wisdom today.